hey, you know what I believe? I believe every single person can make a difference and that we all have something amazing to offer the world. I believe in standing up for what matters and in putting one foot in front of the other. I believe courage is way more important than confidence and I'm addicted to seeing people break through what they once thought they couldn't. And that's why I started this podcast. I want you to believe in yourself. I want you to know that anything's possible. I want you to find the courage to stand up and do your thing. Everything's waiting for you. You just have to believe it's possible. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast. And here is where your courageous life starts. Hey guys, and welcome back to another week of the Get Off The Bench podcast. Boy, have I got a great guest for you today. Aisha Alim, you know, now she has been through the ringer, I'll tell you what, and she's come out the other end with this, written a book, you know, um, empowering other women and, oh God, I just love it. And I'm just going to go straight into it. Anyway, I hope you've had a great week, but I'm so excited about this interview. So let me tell you about Aisha. Aisha Alim is an empowerment coach, speaker, consultant, mentor, facilitator, and now a published author. Born in country Victoria, Aisha was raised in a domestically violent home, experiencing multiple forms of abuse and leading to a life of anxiety and severe depression. Aisha has also endured more than 40 surgeries. Holy heck, ever think about that for a minute. Wow. A mother and former primary school teacher, Aisha became trained in life coaching, including metadynamics, NLP, and mental health first aid. Aisha is also trained in body language, learning from world-renowned experts Greg Hartley and Scott Rouse. In 2017, she turned her attention specifically to life coaching and facilitating adult workshops with a passion in helping people find their purpose, overcome fear, and develop confidence. She takes a very balanced view of things and believes true authenticity comes from experience and a willingness to learn. With over 25 years experience, she aims to take her workshops worldwide to audiences seeking to better themselves and welcomes the opportunity to do so. She's heavily involved in her local community with a particular interest in teaching dance and umpiring hockey, as well as serving on a local committee. Aisha's hope is that every person walks away from her workshops feeling empowered and ready to change their lives by implementing her tried and tested tools. Speaking of her tried and tested tools, during lockdown in 2020, Aisha wrote her first book called It's All Within You, a book not just for confidence, but for life. Wow. Welcome, Aisha. Thank you. Nice to be here, Karen. Yeah, lovely to see you too. You're looking a bit smiley and happy. Oh, I am. Well, I'm always happy, but it's been a long time since I've actually seen you, so I'm really pleased to be here. So thank you. That's fantastic. And for those who um, are just listening to the podcast, so you're only listening to an audio, um, Aisha's got this magnificent banner hanging up behind her. It's a front cover of a book, and we are going to talk about that in this interview. And it is so exciting. And I absolutely love seeing people bring their dreams to life. And, you know, when it's up in a big banner like that, it's, it's just exciting. It is so exciting. So now, um, so well, well, I've got a, I've got a ton of stuff to cover, but I just want to get. I'm going to go right into it because otherwise we're going to chat and talk shit for ten minutes if we don't. Yep. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
you know, there's, um, you know, I, in the the start, I talked about you, you know, being um, being raised in a domestically violent home, you know, and all this kind of stuff, and that's that yeah. really kid about, you know, like even, um, you know, uh, women who are suffering domestic violence, you know, completely knocks the confidence out of them and, and you know, completely trashes any self-worth that they had. But for a kid, you know, you're seeing this and you see that it's kind of a normal. You, 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 yeah. I, that's really sad that it can be seen like that. But, you know, the a very abridged version is that you were raised as a child in violent home, suffered anxiety and depression, decided to learn about things that could help you, uh, and not just you, but others as well. Mm. And, and it's and in the end, it's culminated in this book to help people. So it's it's one hell of a journey, but it's it's come yeah. out with, um, you know, the the the, you know, the, they always say the shitty past ends up with you know a, a future of light for others. So. Give us a deeper understanding about your, and I'm going to say incredible, that doesn't mean positive <laughs> or negative, but incredible life life and your journey. Look, it, it, it is a really hard thing to sort of say in a few minutes, of course, but you're spot on saying that, you know, you can take that darkness and pain and do something positive with it. It's exactly what you said, it culminated in the book, but growing up in that environment, look, my father was a policeman as well, which made it harder. Uh, Mum was a school teacher, fan, fantastic role model. But yes, that was the norm, that that violence. So I got used to, you know, the car coming up the drive, the smell of the alcohol, the swaying and stuff and the, the violence. And uh, that went on for many, many years and it was normal. And of course, I used to go to school with a smile on my face and everything was fine. No one ever knew. So mm. it was sort of you know swept under the rug uh, for many many years mm. and I think as a result of being in that environment too it damaged not only my confidence and self-worth but I didn't have a positive role model of a male figure mm. what it was like to have a loving supportive father figure mm. and you know seeing that as in a husband and wife capacity as well so that then transpired into some behaviours that I exhibited, you know, acting out, getting drunk and that sort of thing when I was in my teens, um, uh, probably a little bit of with attention-seeking sort of stuff and wanting to be loved but all in the wrong ways. It really did damage me and it took many years to really sort of realise that, hey, that's not really the, the normal way that things happen. Mm-hmm. So it was a journey for myself first, and I think that's a really important thing for your listeners to understand that before you can help anyone else, you need to do that work on yourself because when you do that work on yourself, the skills and things that you learn then transpire into gifts that other people can then use as well. Mm-hmm. So that journey took me many years, and I did it alone, which was not usually what people do um, in my situation. A lot of people get outside help. I didn't really have anyone, but it, it did take me a long time to get through that. Uh, look, at, from an outside sort of perspective of a bit broader picture, I mean, I love school. I was always into sport. I was always in leadership roles. Uh, dance, I was a dancer. I was a gymnast and that sort of thing as well. I found it hard to sort of, being right, always wanting to be 
in with the crowd. And I mean, eventually I was, I suppose, but I had a lot of trouble with uh, bullying and that as well. So I sort of had a lot coming from it, quite a few aspects. And then uh, as I was an, as an adult, I experienced um, domestic violence again when I married, uh, not to the severity, but still domestic violence, and decided to leave. And I raised my daughter on my own uh, because I didn't want to put her through what I had been through. Mm. So, again, that was an important, that was a very hard decision to make, but it was an important one for me. But my thinking on that, Karen, was that it's better to have two happy households than one unhappy one. Yeah. So I was very determined to make sure that he and I were on the same page as far as, right, we've got to put her first. I, I don't give a flying continental what you think about me. Mm. It's nothing to do with it. Yeah. Let's focus on getting, you know, her, um, you know, centred and whole and getting ahead in life. So that was really the thing behind that. But, you know, as life sort of went on and, you know, there's been a number of health challenges, which I'm sure we can talk about, but part of those health challenges involved me being hospitalised for many years on end and enduring lots and lots of uh, surgeries. And women who uh, have experienced this will understand about endometriosis and its Mm. gripping effect on mind, body and soul, and it certainly did that with me. Mm. Um, which did it culminated in around 40 surgeries wow. which then had a, had another effect of hey well they're the doctors they know better than me let them make all the decisions so again it reinforced that I didn't have a voice I was powerless they know better than me so again that victim mentality was again reinforced and mm. I got validated, well, you know, she's sick and you're not doing well. And so, again, it was everybody around me was giving the validation that I needed, but it wasn't the, in the right right way. Mm. Um, but, yeah, look, there's, there's been, I mean, you and I had a bit of a chat at, uh, prior to the interview and I told you about a couple of incidences that were really major parts that really had major impact in my life and in a nutshell 2016 and 2018 were the two big years where things went like a movie almost I would say I would say Mm. yes I mean I'm happy to to tell you a little bit about that if you'd like me to share with that yeah I would actually I, I um I think that um you know, when we talk about domestic violence, and I don't, I don't want to make this whole thing about domestic violence, but I think that yeah, no. it's, it's, it's so many. Um, there are so many um, different forms of it. You know, and a lot of people exactly. have got a, a, a an idea that it's just somebody, you know, beating somebody up. And yeah. there are so many other ways that people um, do you know, put their violence onto other people. And and you told yeah. you did tell me a couple of things. I don't I don't know how much you want to share, but um I think it's it's whatever you do want to share is yeah. certainly eye-opening and certainly um it helps people to consider what others might be going through and to look out for certain things and to ask others, hey, are you okay? Do you, you know, because we yes. don't think to do that. But yeah, share whatever, share 
you know, whatever you think is um, that you want to share, really. Yeah, well, look, that 2016 year, uh, I, I was brought up in Bendigo and I had a beautiful home and uh, my daughter and I were together. Um, it, yeah, normal sort of run-of-the-mill sort of stuff. In a nutshell, I got mixed up with the wrong crowd. Uh, I had a boyfriend at the time and he was into the drug scene, which sort of unravelled as we sort of went along in the relationship and as things started to feel off, mm. I didn't listen to the cues. Yeah. So I, I pushed, pushed my instincts aside and I got deeper and deeper and deeper and it culminated when I did eventually decide to go uh, he was involved with a bikey gang and the police. So my house was, uh, I had video cameras, hidden video cameras. I had listening devices in my home. And I didn't know who was doing what, but there was like, in inverted commas, calling cards left. For example, um, I have short hair and there would be a hair tie tied around a deodorant bottle or there would be a knife sitting up in the wardrobe, uh, something would be gone missing, or an item that I hadn't seen for a long time would suddenly appear. Mm. There were things that were really messing with my mind, and this went on for like three and a half months where I was stalked, and my, even my phone was was controlled. And, you know, I'd go to my mum's and she'd say, like, is your phone off? Have you taken the thing out? That's what it was like. Wow. Everything was public, my passwords, nothing was private. And um, so it really culminated to the stage where I, I couldn't get actually any help from anyone. I couldn't get from the police. I couldn't get it from domestic violence services. I couldn't get it from families or friends without endangering them. There, there was just nowhere to go. And it culminated to the point where I thought, well, they're either going to kill me, I'm going to commit suicide, or I can do a 180 and do something that no one would ever think that I would do, mm. and that's the one I chose. Yeah. I packed up the car, put in a few clothes, got my daughter to safety. I got her and I set it up with mum. Um, she was on the edge of becoming independent anyway, so it worked out well that she was mm. moving out, but... I had $10 in my purse and I took a girl to a funeral in Broken Hill. I didn't know where I was going. And that set the journey in motion. And from there, I never looked back. And it's been a, I mean, I mean I'm trying to succinct a lot yeah. of stuff in, in a nutshell, but I think you get the general yeah. sense that, yeah, so... It was basically in a polite way up yours. I'm stronger than that. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to beat me. And, yeah, so I did. And I thought, you know, the way I sort of dealt with that too, Karen, was just to th keep thinking it's just stuff. Mm. It's just stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that's how I had to cope with it. It's just stuff. And from there, yeah, it's, um, I mean, we'll, we'll talk more about this is where sort of Islam comes into a bit later, but that's the journey, where, that's sort of where it started. But then if I fast forward two years to the 2018 that I referred to, uh, I was in Queensland, second marriage, 
thought I was in the honeymoon phase. Uh, he was narcissistic, started to recognise the signs again with the isolation, isolation, isolation till there was no one. Can't leave the house without him. You can't. I couldn't speak to any man. I couldn't. When I eventually got up the courage and said that I wanted a divorce, he flipped out um, completely. And you know, you you had a if and this and if and that, rah rah rah. And by the, when he, between the time that he left the house, I was on the phone running around the house, my heart racing. Packing up a suitcase again, ringing Melbourne, ringing everyone to say, I'm here, this is where I am, you know anyone that can get me. And eventually got onto a wonderful woman, uh, Yasmin Khan, who does a lot of work up in Brisbane up there with people in a similar situation with women. And, yeah, got into a motel and motel hop for a bit. In the meantime, I had a major health challenge where I underwent major surgery for a bowel obstruction, an internal hernia, a twisted bowel and a massive adhesions, which saw me in surgery for eight hours. Wow. So it was just, all, it all happened at once. And, uh, but the long and short of that was after I had recovered and I was in temporary accommodation, I found a place to rent and eventually got back to Victoria because I longed for Victoria. I'm a Victorian girl, yeah. you know, at heart. Yeah. And uh, a lady I knew was in Morwell. Now it was a temporary stop over there. And I can remember saying, got my phone, I went, homelessness, homelessness Morwell into Google. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, I got community housing, found me a bit of refu- family refuge there. Then uh, that's right, shared accommodation in Terrelgan and eventually got my unit and got myself set back up and I've been here for the last three years. So it's been quite a journey and I think really Terrelgan chose me. Um, I just love it here and settled. But it, it, it was a very hectic time for sure, but I honestly think that the harder you've had it there too, that you've had to, to move forward, the more rewarding it is when you come through that other side. Yeah. It really is. So, yeah. Wow, what a story. And, I, and I'm going to cover this at the end of the podcast as well, but in case, just in case, you know, you, you, you've only listened to a bit while you're driving and then you forget to come back to the rest, Aisha has got her book launch in Terrelgan on the 12th of March. And, boy, <laughs> this book, I mean, you can already hear that um, what a journey and, and what a lot of things to overcome and all of the tools in the book uh, Aisha has done herself, you know, used on herself and now she's sharing them with everyone else. So um, I'm going to just going to quickly say it now and then we'll, I want to do the rest of the interview, but her, yeah, web, yeah. her website, Aisha Alim, so A-I-S-H-A-A-L-I-M.com, there's going to be on there is a, um, a, a, a you can buy the book and there's also a link to book for her uh, book launch on the 12th of uh, March. Please come, please, you know, I'm going to be there, but it, it's going to be so yeah. good. And it's so good to see the culmination. I just wanted to get that in in case someone, because people drive and listen Legend, to the podcast, yeah. then they turn it off when they get out and forget to tell yeah. the guy. That, I don't want them to miss that bit. It's, no, uh, good on you. Thank that's you. That's all right. So <laughs> I was, it was interesting before you were saying that, um, you know, when you were a kid, uh, you had 
you always took up leadership roles. And, yeah. and I am quite curious about that. You know, do you think that, and this is just a question, you might not have the answer, I don't have the answer. Yeah, do you, do yeah. you think that um, there's a certain type of people, do you, you know, that that, uh, that are going to get through this better than others because they naturally have this innate um, sort of yearning, you know, to take control, a yearning to be leaders, a yearning to get on top of it. Yeah, I'm, I don't have an answer. I, I, it just I, makes me mm. curious about this type of thing. I think that's a, yeah, that's a really good question. I think there's a couple of things in that. I actually think as far as leadership goes, I think some leaders are born, more yeah. effective leaders are born. Yeah. Having said that, I do believe that people can train to be good leaders yeah. if they're like mentored under good, again, leadership role models. Yeah. But as far as that healing part of, and wanting more and so forth, I think there's a couple of aspects that maybe come into that that if you're a person for example that has not been exposed to a different environment you've been brought up in say let's just use a lot very low socioeconomic background yeah. uh, type of environment and that's all you know and then you transpire that and you then marry into the same sort of thing if you're not exposed to different ways of living, if you're yeah. not around people that are different to you, then you're not going to know that that's an availability to you to, yeah. to have something that's different. Mm. So I think that is part of it. I think the other part, from, I'll go from my perspective again, that I knew I was worth more. Yeah. I knew it in the core of my being that, the situation that I found myself in was so out of control and it just wasn't me. I'm organised. I'm methodical. Mm. Yes, I like to do things on the spur of the moment, but it's boom-de-boom-de-boom-de-boom. This is not me. Something's, And that's where that starts to stir things internally. So mm. then I think that's where it transpires into how can I get something better for myself? Mm. Yeah, just, yeah. It's interesting too that, you know, you say that, you know, I'm worth more than this, you know, and deep down you had this knowing that you were worth more. Um, sadly, for most of us, and, and, you know, I've just been battling this, you know, last year is this this underlying belief that we're not worth more. I mean, well, we know we are, but, you know, we keep, uh, for some reason, all these yeah. niggly dud beliefs, you know, constantly, yeah. constantly make us question yeah. our worth. And what you're saying is kind of the opposite to what a lot of people go through, you know, and that's just a, maybe that's the thing. Maybe that's the thing that pulled you through. But I, I don't want to make it sound like that you, you know, you're, ex I don't want to make it sound like you're exceptional because you had leadership qualities and you had no, self-worth no, qualities. No. Because I want people to know, like, I think that is exceptional. I think what you've done is exceptional and how you've pulled through it and how you've created strategies mm -hmm. and tools. But I also want people um, who believe that they don't have leadership qualities and who believe they're not worth it, I still want them to be able to have hope and see that they can get through. Yeah, good point. And, look, I battled with the that negative self-talk too. We've all, we all do it. The interesting thing with negative self-talk, and I do mention this in the book too, that we're not born with this internal critic. I yeah. call it the, yeah, it, but, well, we do. We all criticise ourselves. Yeah. And this constant, you know, da-da-da-da-da, dialogue, internal dialogue. Yeah. I certainly battled that 
all the time, all through that journey. But again, it was saying, no, no, I'm not going to listen to that. No. What if I take that path, how's that going to help me? Yep. That's the sort of things that I would say to myself. Yeah. If I right now, if I keep thinking that way, I'll start doing these steps. How is that going to help me? No, that's not going to help me. So if I start to, and that's really the basics of where I was at, really challenging every single thought, every belief that I had, my values, and yeah, seeing how, as I said, then just breaking it down into these minuscule little steps. Because again, let me ask you this: Would you turn around and say to me, um, "Don't, oh, don't be ridiculous, Ace. You can't believe that about yourself. You'll never do anything more than that." <laughs> never. never say that to me. So how come it's okay to say it to yourself? Oh, I know. You know, we do. Yeah. yeah. I know. So again, keep challenging. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I often say it like it's our inner child. You wouldn't punch a kid in the face, so stop punching yourself in the face, you know, but it's... That's exactly what I talk about in my courses, the inner child. Yeah. Yep. And, and you know what? It's and, and we we are, you know, it's the truth. We wouldn't treat our inner child like that. So our inner child is still there. So stop treating ourselves like that. I th- yeah. I, yeah. I think something you said there was really key uh, if that somebody is fa- has found themselves or is in a position of, but not only domestic violence, but just in a position where they just Any. don't feel that that they're feeling happy. They don't feel good that it's good. They don't. They question. You know. Well, maybe they don't question. But the point I'm trying to make is that what exactly what you said. Start questioning. If everybody starts yeah. asking, yeah. could I do this better? Should I be experiencing this? Are these thoughts true? Are these beliefs true? If people yeah. start asking these questions, I think that's where we that's where the breakthroughs happen, you know, by yeah. constantly asking ourselves. So and know. that's that's a really good point too. And the hard thing too, and I, I so understand when people in that mindset, you know, when you've been hearing people say, well, you're no good, you're worthless, you're this, you're that. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you've heard that a lot, you start to believe that. Yeah. But again, I want, you know, I really want to encourage your listeners to, to challenge that by saying, is that a true reflection of who I really am? Or is that really just the venom that they are spraying forth that yep. is a reflection of them? Yeah. Why would someone say that? You know, that these are the sort of things that you really need to start asking yourself because, again, for what purpose would I sprout forth venom to someone else? How does that benefit me? How does that benefit you? Mm. If I was that sort of person that did that, the only benefit I would get of sprouting forth that venom is to make myself feel important and powerful and dominating and I'm this and I'm that and you're worthless. That is not, yeah, that's so, again, the person who would be on the receiving end of that, again, it is never you. Yeah. It's always them. Yeah. Um, and it is, I understand the challenges involved of not listening to that garbage anymore. Yeah. But again, yeah, keep challenging every single thought, every belief that you've and everything that's been said. Because at the end of the day, you need to honor what's been innately given to you. Yeah. You're born pure, you're born positive, you're born to love, you're born to, to serve, to 
to interact and connect and all of that. You're not born to to be self-critical or doubtful or to live a life, life that's less than sustaining. And the last thing I'd like to say on that too, don't fall into the trap of comparing. Yeah. We all do it. Yeah. But pull away. Yep. I mean, I know when I've done it and I was like, oh, God, she's doing well. God, I'm only doing this. And yep. I've had to step back and say, hey, hang on a minute. No, this is my journey. This person's doing this. This is where I'm at. Okay, they might be on that part of the path there and I might be here. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, the more that I'm on my path and I'm learning and I'm growing, I've then got more to give everybody else as a result. Oh, so true. And we all do it. We all compare. But at the end of the day, comparison's the biggest killer of dreams. It really <laughs> It so is, you know, you're not going to write your book if you're comparing yourself. You're not going to get up and start a program if you're comparing yourself. You're not going to do this if you're comparing yourself. And it is challenging because we all do it, but it's it's whether yes. we have that ability to say, stop, stop. Yes. Stay in your own lane, for God's sake. Stay in your well, own lane. I'd agree there. And, look, even in the introduction, let me read this part here to you. When I first thought about writing a book, the very idea terrified me. The what ifs started to rear their heads and I began to question whether or not I was capable of doing it. What if I fail? What if it isn't any good? What if no one likes it? What if, what if, what if? So I do get that, yeah. you know, they can be toxic. But the only way that I combated that was to put pen to paper Yep. and now that's the result. Yep, so, <laughs> that's you know, awesome. <laughs> well, action is the best antidote for any of those things. Just do. You know, I start, yeah. say this with all my workshops, just do anything. It doesn't just get, start Googling something, yeah. start writing something. Just even if, you, even if you write rubbish on paper, start yep. doing something. Yep. Just, that tells your brain and the universe and all everything that's involved. It says we're on our way, so let's keep going. And exactly. it's lovely. Yeah, so I, I love it. Absolutely love it. So you, um, you, you've you've been through all this, and and I'm not going to make you a victim because I love the fact that you've pulled yourself beyond that victim mentality. But part yeah. of this, and there's not a but really. Uh, what I want to say in this is a lot of forgiveness. You know, you, you're really demonstrating a lot of forgiveness and expressing that. And, and and in particular, well, it's very hard to forgive a perpetrator. That's one thing. But it's actually harder to forgive ourselves. You know, we're, we're so, like we've been talking about, we're so hard on ourselves. And yeah. you've come through this beautiful journey of forgiveness. And it, what are your thoughts on forgiveness? You know, what can you share with us that will... Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Forgiveness has always brought up sort of the connotation that, oh, hang on, how can you possibly forgive that that that, that person for doing it? You can't forgive that. You know, that's sort of the immediate sort of reaction. But I look at it from this perspective. The forgiveness stage is not for them. It's for you. Yeah. And a strategy that's really worked well for me, and, again, I've, I used this last year in the Empowering Women course that I taught, one of the uh, participants' story is in the book. It's powerful, and it was about her brother who was murdered, and she used this tool to move her forward. Mm. And I spoke about there's two aspects about it. 
I'm not saying to forgive the act. The act itself is probably unforgivable. Yeah. What I am saying is forgive the pain and heartache it caused you in order for you to be free from its grip. Yeah. So like a ball and chain, I'm going to cut that chain and that weight of the ball, I want to piff it off. Okay. So, again, separating the, the act from the effect of it. So yeah. in that forgiveness stage, it was, okay, well, this all this crap that I've experienced, and it's a lot, um, I can't forgive the act. Right, so I'm going to set that aside. Jeez, it's caused me a lot of pain and heartache. How's And that's stopping me from moving forward. So that's where that forgiveness, I started writing things down. Yeah. Uh, I spoke about things. And, again, it was like two parts, letting go of the pain that they caused me, but then forgiving my part too, which sometimes people say, well, what do you need to forgive yourself for? Mm. I put it like this, that I made some wrong, I made some wrong decisions at the time. Okay, to me that's not a mistake unless it's I keep repeating it and don't learn from it. Mm. It was an error in judgment. Big deal. Yep. We've all done it. Mm. I'm not going to let that be a catalyst to then keep beating myself up. Oh, you should have known better or you should have done this and you should have done that. And that's where I was. I was on that merry-go-round. So forgiving myself for not knowing better, forgiving myself for making the error in judgment, there was those aspects involved, you know, that because it's all right to look back with hindsight. Yeah, yeah. If we knew then what we know now, mm. but we didn't, so give ourselves a break. I think that's a very good point is that at the end of the day, we all do the best with what we've got at the time. Exactly. We've got to stop being so hard on ourselves. But I think you you wrap that up beautifully, actually. It was beautiful. Oh, so, you. so you've, you know, you've been through this journey. You've learnt the tools yourself. Um, you know, you've come out uh, forgiving. You've journaled it. You know, you've, you've, you've started to heal yourself. And, the, and so now you, um, you've set up a, a consultancy uh, uh, business. This is what you do, you know, running workshops yeah. and stuff to empower women. Tell us about the stuff you do with that. Yeah, so I've been coaching clients uh, privately for the last four years. Uh, I've, I've done, obviously, uh, not just lived experience, but I've done training in Melbourne at the yeah. Coaching Institute as well. So it's a combination of both. And I do believe on the side issue there that you know, true authenticity comes from lived experience and using that like yourself. But, um, yeah, so I think, as I said, like the last four years with clients, I was running courses empowering women last year and I ran a few other courses as well. But the primary focus was really being centred around getting people to live the, the most happiest, sustaining, um, judgment-free, goal-kicking, rock-on, kick-ass sort of life that they can, <laughs> right? And it culminated in the book. So the book, Coaching Clients, Empowering People, and I love working with people um, of any sort of background. That the, only, the only prerequisite I've got with clients, they've got to want it. 
Yep. That's yeah. all. Yep. Don't have to know how anything else, but you've got to want it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get that. I think it is a problem, isn't it? Because it actually drains you when you work with people who are just half-hearted. Yeah. Um, I, I just say to them, look, you know, when you're ready to be coached, you come back. Um, you can hear it in the language. And, again, there's some things in the book. But, you know, procrastination is one of that, you know, people like that's best friend. And it wears all sorts of disguises, but uh, yeah. Uh, but again, unless there's commitment and action, then nothing's going to change. You can talk the talk for as long as you like, but that's not going to change anything. No, but I also think on that topic too, it's important that um, people shop around to a point um, to find a coach they resonate with. And I think this yes. is as a coach, a mentor myself, uh, you know, I think that I don't. There are going to be people that I'm way too kick-ass for, you know, because yes. that's that's my thing. I kick people in the butt and move them on. But um, there's going to be people who need a soft approach. There are going to be people who just need someone to listen. And there are going to be people yes. who need to give this. And I think that's an important thing too is. Oh, I agree. Yeah, can't help everybody. No. Yeah. And nor would you want to. No, <laughs> no. not no. enough hours in the in our life. <laughs> a bit of self care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, self care—that's a good one. I tell you what, yeah. I, I I've been a bugger at that, and I've uh, COVID has been the, an absolute blessing for me because I agree. I agree. Yeah, trying to trying to work out what's important in your own life, and yes. Yep. So um, I want to talk about the book in a minute. I've got one more question on on yeah. your your lifestyle, your choices, uh, the, the decisions you've made to, uh, I don't know, to, to find the best that you can possibly find to make your life great. And one of those things is uh, now for, the, for those who can see this on the screen, uh, you're going to see that uh, Aisha is wearing a, how do you say it, hijab? That's it, yeah. Hijab. So, and um, now for those just listening to the audio version, you know, it's uh, when I first met, you know, we make assumptions because when I first met, met Aisha a few years ago, you know, I, I automatically assumed that she, uh, you know, came from the Middle East and and that was, yeah. you know, she'd somehow come out here. And that was a bad assumption. It was a terrible assumption. And not that I was um, uh, seeing her as less than. There's just a, an assumption that we make before we even get to know someone. But yeah. but you, you wear the hijab and which makes it obvious to others um, and we shouldn't make assumptions, but it is obvious that you, um, now of Muslim faith, you're, yes, you are Muslim yes. faith. Now, Muslim, yeah. and so has that made has that made you a target for harassment? Well, I'll go back a step first. And yep. Yeah, because you hit on a really passionate, I'm quite passionate about this. Yeah. So, yeah, as I said, I was born and raised in, in country Victoria. Now, Islam for a start means peace and yep. the word Muslim means um submit to follower of God, submit to God. That's all it means. It's the Arabic yep. word. But the interesting thing that you, you touched on was I was very similar. I had a very negative view about Islam many years oh, ago. I, I didn't have a negative view. Oh, I did, though. Oh, <laughs> I just want to clarify that. No, this is me. No, no, I can't talk from your perspective. No. I thought Islam was your married child brides, that you're all bombers, you're all terrorists, and basically I don't want anything to do with you. 
Mm. Well, nothing could have been further from the truth. Um, it was a personal journey, Karen, for me. I was a Christian for many years and then basically told the church to go and stick it because the hypocritical things that were happening, plus I couldn't get answers to questions. And I said, well, honestly, like, and it stuff just didn't stuff just didn't add up for me. Yeah. Um, and for me, it was terribly important to find out about the truth. And this is from again from my perspective about Jesus. That's that was the critical aspect. Was he the Son of God? Did he die on that cross? And that's what spurred the journey. So when I spoke earlier about being in 2016 when I fled and so forth, I ended up in Mildura in the backpackers and I was surrounded by some beautiful Malaysian Muslims and I was a bit standoffish at first. I thought, oh, holy Toledo, what have I got myself into here? (laughs) Oh, jeez. But they were beautiful and they were so kind and caring and I thought, hang on, this isn't that enough. So I got curious. And eventually found out the fundamentals that, oh, this Allah is actually God. It's not two. Ah, okay, well, there's check number one. That's where I was at. Mm. And that journey then continued and I eventually took the testament to faith to say, yes, um, I do believe there's one God and I believe in everything that I'd grown up with, but it was now all there in the Quran, it was there, and I thought, God, finally, and it was like a relief for me. Mm. So that's, that personal journey was, you know, all tied into the previous part that I talked about. But the interesting thing that you brought up about, you know, the Middle East, it's interesting because a lot of people have made that assumption, and I can understand why, because mm. that's where the Quran was revealed, that's where the last prophet came from and that's where the message started. So then it's, you know, spread to all of humanity. So I really understand that you would have made that assumption because when I say to people, oh, no, I'm from country Victoria, and they're like, oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> hang on, she got a hijab on. She sounds normal. <laughs> hang on, but this isn't adding up here. <laughs> So, again, as as far as, um, you know, judgments and being targeted and so forth, as soon as I open my mouth, that just goes bang. Yeah. People go, oh, she's just shy. She's all right. Yeah, she's just like us. She's normal, right? Oh, what's this all about? <laughs> so then the conversation strikes up. But I, I must add here that when I did, and I'll use the word revert because for me, I believe that every living soul has been created from God. So we go back to our, our original state. And I lost all my confidence uh, when I did take the testimony of faith because it was a complete change of lifestyle. It meant, you know, I didn't have to, but it was something that I chose to do. Eventually I decided to put a hijab on that, you know, I would wear um, long things to cover my skin and hair. And that transition, you know, I did take, it took me a couple of years to really come into my own again and be at peace with who I was. Um, But that was a transition as well and a growth for me. But golly, I'm glad I did it. I'm so pleased I did it. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's yeah. funny, isn't it? We have this, um, even even you're saying, you know, and then she opened her mouth and she, people say, oh, yeah. she's, no, she's normal. But yeah. isn't, it, isn't it amazing, though, how we have such a, we all hold an unconscious bias, you know, we all do. Yeah. And even though we, you know, even though when we're not sort of being negative, we're still holding no. biases about this is what I expect from yeah. this situation or from what I see. And, and yep. this is my interpretation of it. Yeah. And we can be completely wrong. And and it's ignorance. Ignorance breeds fear and fear breeds, you know, the, the behaviours that, we're, that we've mentioned. Yep. And I think, by, again, if by me opening my mouth, so, for example, if I meet you and I see or oh, hesitance written on your face, a normal reaction to someone seeing that would be hesitant again. Yeah. What do you do? I ignore that and I put my hand up, please, to meet you, bang. Yeah. That yep. dissipates. Yeah. So by doing that, ignoring the what's written on their face and just being kind and, you know, but well, just being me, but it breaks that cycle of fear too, straight away. And it's a simple, a really simple technique anyone can actually use in any situation. But because at the end of the day, we all want to be accepted. We yeah. all want to belong. And every single person has that. Now, whether it's written on your face when you say first meet someone or not, I don't know. But there are people that do that. And if you ignore that and just assume it's acceptance, it breaks that cycle straight away and people become comfortable. And even just smiling at people, Jesus, yes. it's that hard. And, you know, there's, there's people that you meet where you might have a, you know, that exactly that unconscious bias towards, you know, and think, oh, you know, a bit different. You've only yeah. got to smile, you know, and they smile back and straight away, you know, anything that's in between just dissipates yes. and it's, it's really lovely. And Love that. Yeah. I love too what you're saying, you know, you're talking about, um you know, me personally, I prefer to have no religion. You know, I yeah. prefer my religion to be love, Do you, you know, and I just want to love people and and I don't need to have faith to do that. However, no. No. I respect other people's, um, you know, desire to or need to. But something you touched on there before too is that, um, you know, that people associate the word Muslim with terrorist and, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think... I think what what we all need to get through our head is that there is always a shitful minor, minority yep. in in every culture, in every aspect, in yep. every faith, in every in every group of people. There is a yep. handful of dickheads, yep, and totally they agree. ruin it for everybody. You know, totally agree with that. Totally agree, and yep. unfortunately, it's usually the minority that then get blown out of proportion. And, and when, in fact, you actually go and do the research, you'll be quite shocked. And I would say that to anyone, regardless of whether it's this topic or any other topic, before you open your trap, go and get educated first, then have, put it, have an opinion. Yeah. You know, the classic Pauline Hanson, you know, Miss Fish and Chip Shops, you know, that opens the trap before <laughs> and can up the Senate to make a difference and... Opens a trap before she actually, yeah. Um, you know, I'm not usually quite political, but, but the point of the matter is she, she's got foot and mouth disease where she'll open a trap first and then have to backpedal. We don't want to have to do that. No, well, I think it's I think it's wonderful that you've had the courage to, and I also think that it's wonderful that it's provided you another, just another um, 
I don't know, a, another rock in your jar, you know, that's something yeah. that is um, making you feel great. And I think, you know, let, let's be honest, and I'm going to get I'm going to get my ass kicked from some people here, but I'm going to say it anyway. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of, and I'll be religious, there's a lot of Christians that, you know, will be quick to criticise Muslims. And oh, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not favouring either way. I'm just saying no. this as a matter of fact, but um, will not will not accept that, the Ku Klux Klan is a core group of Christianity, you know, and I think so. So don't bloody criticize until you know that your little patch is is freaking green and watered and and taking care of the rest of the world. So that's right. Those in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. But I'm with you 100 on that. Totally agree. So just tell us about this book, and you know, whatever you want to tell us about it. But I, like, what can readers expect? Yep. Well. I was fairly deliberate in the in the way that I wrote it that it's written in very easy to understand language. Yeah. So um, I've put case studies in there. I've used a lot of examples. Um, I've put questions for, as well, so that it's not just a book you think, oh yeah, well, oh yes, it's very good. It's actually got stuff in there. If you do the work or the questions, it will move you forward. Yeah. So it's been a very deliberate attempt to try and be as all encompassing as it possibly can be. Yeah. Um, look, some of the, some of the topics it covers, uh, you know, obviously letting go of the past, which we've spoken about. Yeah. Um, understanding the difference between sacrificing and selfishness, which is a great topic. Mm. Um, I've got a great chapter on that, and I think a lot of women in the West will really resonate well with that. Yeah. Um, I actually really enjoy that chapter. Um, there's about listening skills. I've written about comparisons, time management. As well, uh, anyway, I can be controversial at times, but it's all positive stuff. It's all positive stuff. Uh, what you focus on is what you get. Um, and look, some of the endorsements that I've got, I've got terrific endorsements. I've got um, Lauren Bavard, who's um, ex-Gladiator, and oh, good. Shane Warne and yep. Russell Crowe and world champion. And Wow. I've got an ex-TEDx speaker and um, Sean Douglas from America and I've got Bilal Assad, who's an international motivational speaker. So, yeah, some good names came on board to support me. Yeah, but it's look, it's, it's, it's simple and easy as far as readability, flow. If you do the work, it will help you. And, look, you know, in all honesty, I'm really proud of it. I am so proud of it. I'm just, I've worked my guts out. <laughs> 12 months just <laughs> hammer and tong literally and um yeah it was it's the hardest thing I've ever done it was a test for me too as far as commitment and seeing this through a lot yeah. more involved than I ever thought as you would well know yeah um but yeah I did I worked my little heart out and I'm really proud of the results oh I love it and I love that you've got the courage to say I'm really proud of it because a lot of us, us good old Aussies, you know, we don't we don't get up there and say oh, I'm proud of myself and we bloody well should more often. Me too. And to hear you say that, that's yep. that's awesome. And yep. I love what I love what you're saying about how, well, you didn't say these words, but I've interpreted and I reckon I'm right, is that you, you know, that you, when you started off, you didn't know how to do it, you didn't know what the hell no. you were doing, and you just belted your way through it yep that's it <laughs> I did I mean down there there's a pile of, like of copy one copy two copy three and <laughs> oh that's what you're actually really involved with writing a book 
But it is, and like you said earlier, get a pen, start writing. It starts literally like that. And yeah, I did want to say to if any of your listeners are young people or they're middle age, doesn't matter if they're in a stage where they are wanting to move forward and they're thinking, oh God, look at them. Have, I could never be like that. Yep. Step back from that. Um, we were once where you are. It takes time. It is a journey. It's not a race. Mm. And, um, yeah, I, I really wanted to reiterate that point because I know when I was there once upon a time, I'd be looking and think, I could never do that. I'll never. How did they do it? How, 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 how? And, in fact, yeah. asking for help is a sign of bravery, being courageous. Mm. Um, you know, we used to think that asking for help was a sign of weakness. Well, in fact, it's not. It's a sign of growth. Mm. Um, maturity in action yeah. and you know finding people start surrounding yourself with people that are like-minded that you where you want to go you know and the the, the rubbish will just drop off naturally mm. you know the people that aren't you know serving you helping you having a win-win sort of outcome with if it's costing you something that those people really need to go and they will drop off but it's a process it's mm. a real process but just Keep that self-belief, that faith in yourself. Every every human being on this planet deserves to live a life that makes them happy, yep. that serves them and their purpose well, and the only way they're going to achieve that is taking their own path. Yep. Yeah. I agree, and I, I think and if, you, if you're living a life that serves you and your happiness, it's, it, the, the absolute byproduct of that is, is that other people around you will be happy, the world will be better, yep. the planet will be healthier, your right. humanity will grow. Like, yep. we've all got to be standing in our power. And I, I love that, you know, when you're saying about people thinking, oh, they're here and I'm only, they're there and I'm here, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. But I think at the end of the day we're all ordinary people and the, the difference is some people do extraordinary things but the only difference between someone who does an extraordinary thing and someone who doesn't is whether that person backed themselves and took action totally that's the agree. only difference yep. you know it's spot on just choose to give it a go and if you yes. if you fail it, it doesn't matter it's just saying well hang on this this isn't quite the path. I just need to re readjust a little bit. And you know. I relate to that too. I had people saying, Oh, God, you change your line. What, what are you doing now? Oh, is this the next <laughs> thing? Rah, 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 you know, and this sort of stuff. And it's like, Well, if you're worrying about what I'm doing, your life must be fairly boring. Number one, <laughs> get a life. <laughs> number two, let me tell worry about what I'm doing. And yeah. So it was again, not listening to the rubbish, and again, yeah, it was a bit of an adjustment here, adjustment there, until I found what works for me. Yeah, and I think that's the the key, isn't it? You know that you've got to have a vision because you've got to head towards something. You yes. can't, you know, otherwise you'll go nowhere. But people see if their vision moves, they see that as failure. It's not bloody failure. It's just readjusting. It's just getting things right. We, Jesus, we 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 have got the right. To refine our lives we have got so, the i so agree i so agree i mentioned in the book an example about i use nasa as an example when they flip, flip, flew um uh, man to the moon now their goal was to beat the russians and to be the first to get up there now 
many a failed attempt. Many times they came back to the drawing board. Many times they readjusted their plans. But they had their eyes fixed on a firm goal. It yep. did take some adjustments, but the trek was never straight. Yep. It was like this. So, yeah. <laughs> If anybody ever thinks that uh, the the line to success is straight by, geez, no, go, no, no, it's the most wiggly goddamn line you've ever seen. It absolutely I mean, it just, I mean, it just, and we do have our moments you think, oh, God, is this all worth it? Yes. Yeah, you do. I mean, you're only human, but then you pick yourself up again and off you go again. Of course. Yeah, you you. You absolutely do. It's it's a it's and I think that you know there's so many false assumptions about yeah you know, they 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 just made it overnight and overnight success absolute rubbish. Yeah. Oh, but you've got qualities that I don't have. Absolute rubbish. You've got yeah. you know skills that I don't have. Well, maybe so, but you can develop skills. Do you know what? You just gotta have the right attitude, and you just gotta back yourself and get bloody started but anyway that's enough of that because now my dog's barking because he thinks I'm yelling at someone yeah ah, I love it we're so passionate about it I love it yeah <laughs> oh I'm, yeah I'm overly passionate about this topic but and so are you yeah. but I, and I I love that and I think that you know it doesn't matter what your topic for God's sake get passionate just get yeah. passionate back yourself and exactly. get moving because when we're all at our best that's when the world's at the best. That's when we get, that's so when we start to bring about world peace and when we start to bring yes. acceptance and when we hit tipping points for good, it's when everybody's passionate about what they're doing. So I agree with this. Well, anyway, so tell us now that this um book, I, I've loved this conversation. This book, <laughs> we could go on for hours. We we uh, could we could have our own little rant sessions. Uh, so you're I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to this again. I've already covered it, but I want to say it again. Yeah. So you're having your your book launch is on the 12th of March, and it's yeah. a morning tea, 10:30 to 12. Now this is at the VRI Hall in Terrelgan in Victoria in Australia so if you're yep. listening from overseas I am so sorry you're going to miss the most incredible event but if you are um, in Gippsland or even Victoria anywhere that you can get to it and God knows lockdown will bring because uh, you know we well, that comes in and out but so I'm going to put the booking link in the show notes as well so people can book to come to the uh to your book launch which is going to be fantastic and they can also get on your website which we're going to talk about in one minute but please come to the book launch because you you know you get you've heard Asia speaking about staff you've you've heard what really matters to her. you've you've heard what she's been through you you've heard how it's culminated in the book there is going to be so many amazing things in this book and i i can't wait to get my hands on it so so this podcast is to inspire people to reach for the stars you know and hopefully hopefully make a difference in their own life if not somebody else's what advice would yeah. you give to somebody who feels trapped in their circumstances but has a dream to embark on a journey that brings more meaning to life. Trust, number one, trust trust your dream. Yep. Because the very thing that will trip you and make you come undone is not trusting yourself. Yep. So number one, trust the dream because it all does start with there. When you start trusting yourself and what you where you're heading, that's when you start taking those tiny little steps towards a clearly defined goal get very clear about where you're heading of yep. course yeah uh, but 
start researching like you know if you're listening to this this is a great start you've obviously been drawn to you know Karen and and her style and that tells you something so if you're drawn to that particular style start modeling on people like that are you know making a difference in the world so there's no point reinventing the wheel so again start surrounding yourself with the right sort of people mm. um trusting your own dream actionable steps that are small every day just even just one step a day then another week a couple of steps start asking questions putting your hand up um, become curious but start surrounding yourself too with as we mentioned with different type of people um, that might involve okay I might go into a course at TAFE Naturally, you'll start surrounding yourself with students. You won't be hanging around with people down the street doing nothing, for example. Those people will naturally drop off. But I think it really comes down to, again, the trust and self-belief. I do deserve to live a life that's full of meaning and, and purpose. I can choose to be happy. Yeah. And I can choose, you know, to chase my dreams and really put the things in place to achieve it. Yeah. That would be no, that's say. good. Great, a lot, lots of little tidbits there, but fantastic. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. And I was about to say, uh, the title of your book again. However, I'm gonna because you did the whole pride thing before, I'm gonna let you have the honor of saying, What's the title of your book? <laughs> right, so it's called It's All Within You, and then I've got the tagline is Tools for Transformation. And, yes, I am very proud of myself and my book <laughs> and I'm owning it. And, uh, and, look, it's a bit of a play on things because, pardon me, the title It's All Within You means basically that we're tapping back into the things that we're born with, that these other things come along and start invading our consciousness, um, other people's judgments, the inner critic labels and da-da-da-da-da and on it goes. Yeah. And so tapping back into that and the tools for transformation, you know, the chapters that are named tool one, tool two, tool three, that sort of thing. Yeah. Again, to give you uh, help to implement these things so you can live, a, again, a happier, more fulfilling life. Yeah. And I'm just so super excited. <laughs> oh, God. It makes me teary because it's like I, I know you would understand because it's such an emotional journey. It's just like I'm extremely grateful I'm humbled by it. Um, to have the privilege to share this stuff with people is, it really is an honour to do it. And, yeah, I'm just like, you know, come on, people, get out there and get it and get this stuff out in your own life. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. And it's also the fact that not only, A, yes, get people to buy your book and start making transformations within themselves, but yeah. the, the other part to that is um, if you've got information within you that the world needs, you need to write a book or you need to write blogs or you need to start talking about it. Yeah. You need to get information out there and don't hold it to yourself because anything you've got to say that's valuable and can help people, um, you know, it deserves to be out there because it will change somebody's life. So, And I'm going to say this too because yes. I use this excuse. Oh, I don't have the money, right? My money was always the thing that tripped me up. I and, I, and at the time I was in survival mode, I get that. But that wasn't a reason not to write. Yep. So now when money started to filter in, 
to pay for the things, the printing, da 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 da, da. So I'm, I'm all about challenging any sort of thing that you come up with to say, oh, no, 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 no. So, well, no, actually, I've been down that one too and done work. Yeah. <laughs> Still put the pen to paper. Yeah. But, yeah, I just thought I'd mention that because it was a classic one that I'd used. Yeah, it's 100%. I, yeah. I, in my workshops, I ask people what's in the way and they always say time and money. And I say bullshit, you know, because... Every single thing I've done, and I, I and all right, I'm just going to be proud of my work, but I'm not going to boast about it. But you know, I have written two books, and I I run workshops, and I have got a not for profit in Africa, and I, I've got you know wo- uh, women's empowerment businesses, you know this yeah. sort of stuff. So, and I speak all over the world. I don't care anyone. So, you know, I'm proud of that, but I, without boasting about that, um, why I'm trying to say that is I have done every single one of those with no money. Every single one of those has started with zero dollars and even um yeah and even writing a book you know both of mine have been self-published and they've cost me 47 dollars that's it to get the damn thing up on amazon and you know now you cannot say you can't get that money because you can and i just think that it, it underlying time or and I've never have time. My godfather, I still keep taking on um, projects. <laughs> I don't have time. So time and money is a fallacy. You got to look at you got to look at what's under that. And it's always it's always fear. I totally agree. I mean, mine's self published as well. But and I, I was I was it was an excuse because again, as it said in the introduction, what it came down to, I was fearful of it being rejected that I wasn't good enough. Yep. That's what it came down to. Yep. So I sort of recognised it. And somebody saying, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm more yeah. of an expert than you and you shouldn't have yeah. said that. And this this is the stuff that stops us from doing it. And, and yeah. that's not true because nobody can talk about our experience with the same authority as we can talk about our experience. Spot on. Spot on. Mm. Yeah. Well, I've, I've loved this. So have I. Thank you. <laughs> I've had a ball. We haven't finished yet because you've got to tell people where they can find you. Oh, yeah, righto. Well, that's important, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your website? I can't do an I Dream a Genie and blink me there, can I? <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. You're waiting for the whole dun 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 dun. <laughs> righto. So I'm on, I'm on LinkedIn. So Aisha Lim, I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook as well. Again, the website as of the 24th of this month, will be www.asialim.com and you'll be able to purchase the book on there as well as there'll be a link to the book launch and also through the trybookings.com. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to put all those uh, links in the show notes so people can just click on them. But, um, you know, it's make sure you do book a ticket for the uh, book launch because... You know, there's you, we need to know numbers. Everyone needs to know numbers nowadays because of all the social distancing and how many yeah. people per square foot. Oh yeah, I've actually got. I had to register it, so yeah, they've got to actually click on the link. And I'm like, sorry, people, it's a requirement. It doesn't matter. It is what it, it is. What it is, you know, and it's it's a very small thing for people to do to come along and support you. And uh, you know, I think that'd be wonderful as many people can come and support you as possible because when people are doing, we're in the world to be, and when people have backed themselves and have a go people other people should cheer for them and not tear them down so that that's Certainly great yep yeah so for local supporting locals uplifting one and all that sort of stuff and it would it would mean a great deal to me so yep. yeah yeah 
All right. Well, I I don't think I uh, ticked that I want a book because I accidentally did that. You better keep one aside for me. And oh yes, I've done I've done that. Don't you worry. <laughs> you make sure it's autographed. Yes, oh, you'll get a signed one. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, that's it. So anyone that orders from me direct or or from or goes to the launch, yes, they will get a signed copy. Yeah, fantastic. All right, well, thank you so very much. This has been fantastic and really enlightening, some great nuggets, and I think that, you know, you've really given some inspiration to push people forward, and um, I'm just so appreciative of you having the courage to believe in yourself, to see that you are worth it, to make decisions that have been hard, for example, changing your faith. You know, these things are, are, are big things and you've had the guts yeah. to do it yeah. and and I, I so yeah. admire you know the, that you doing that and and I'm so blessed that you are a friend of mine you're in my community in my circle but also, oh, you're a darling. <laughs> also that you're in Gippsland and I'm going to say it again uh, Gippsland breeds uh, some amazing people and you know we've got such a, a lovely network of of people who support yep. each other and I, I pray for that for every region, everywhere around the world, just that, that there, there are nice groups that actually back each other and support each other and um, yep. cheer each other to victory. And I, I think we need a lot more of that in the world and we do a good job. Oh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Couldn't have said it any better myself. I think I think we agree too much on with each other. We better go have a beer. I think that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll have a point of difference. <laughs> I love it. Right, Uh, Karen, thank you again for having me on and uh, enjoy the rest of the day. You too, my absolute pleasure. All right, I'll catch up with you on the 12th. Right, good on you. Thanks, Karen. Bye-bye. Oh, guys, that how inspiring is that? Like, to, to how do you how do you go through all those things and then still come out with forgiveness and and then propel yourself to you know change your life to to make really big decisions to make your life better and deliberately try to make yourself your, yourself and your life better but even further to then decide to hey you know what I've been through this I think I can help other people so to to set up a business that empowers other people so that they don't feel alone. And then to come up with, um, you know, the courage to write a book, because it does take courage to put yourself out there. It's your your heart and soul between the pages, laid out on the table for people to stab, you know, and and it really, it, it can hurt and it can be a really hard thing to push through that fear. So I reckon I've got nothing but kudos for Aisha. I think that she's absolutely amazing. So go and give her some love at um, on LinkedIn and Aisha Alim. So it's A-I-S-H-A-A-L-I-M. And um, on Facebook, so Aisha Alim Coaching Solutions. And also go check out her website, which is aishaalim.com and Grab yourself a copy of the book. Better still get to the launch of your local. And uh, the try booking link is on there as well. Anyway, I'm just bloody rap. She's a, a real shining star and a lot of courage and a lot of heart. And I really hope that there's been something in there that's going to spur you forward and believe that no matter what you're going through or no matter what you think of yourself, there is a way forward and um, just get out there and take some action because that's the best antidote. All right. Um, Once again, thank you so much for 
joining me. I try to keep these under an hour. It's just impossible with such amazing guests. But anyway, thanks for sticking with me and love having you, love your support. And I will catch you next week. See ya. Hey, thanks for joining me. It really does mean the world to me. Now, if you or somebody you know is doing amazing things, make sure you send me an email to info at getoffthebench.com.au. That's info at getoffthebench.com.au. Otherwise, head on over to my website at kerenvaughan.com and tinker around there a bit and send me a message. Okay, catch you next week.